0: Celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast.
1: Now, here's your host, D.C. Hendricks. And welcome in. This is the Music Vibes Podcast. I am your host, D.C. Hendricks. Welcome in. Appreciate you for making time for us and finding this fantastic show. You can listen free and download available on all podcast platforms. Everywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, I'm not going to name them all. Because you're probably listening to one of them right now. So just spread the word tell people to check out this podcast so today we're celebrating the 60 years of the temptations
0: Are Not a sad word should my young heart be saying. But for his own and with money to pour, since, since I lost my baby, since I lost my baby, baby. since I yeah. lost my baby. Where went my future? My life is filled with gloom. So day after day, I stay locked up in my room. I know to you, it might sound strange, but I wish it would rain. Supposed to cry. Listen, I gotta cry. Cause crying is the pain. Oh, yeah. Even this hurt I feel inside, words could never explain. I just wish it would rain. And no one will ever know that I'm crying. I was born and raised In the slums ever since It was a one-room shack That slept in another chair beside me We hardly had enough food Or room to sleep It was hard time Needed something to eat My trouble man Listen, my father didn't know The meaning of work He disrespected mama And treated us like danger I left home seeking a job that I never did find I'm Depressed and downhearted, I took the cloud i I'm doing fine up here on cloud nine Listen, one more time I'm doing fine up here on cloud nine Folks down the tell me I say give yourself a chance, I don't let life pass you by
1: My favorite group of all time, the first R&B soul group that I ever heard. Watched the movie growing up, got Temptations albums, been listening to my anthology Temptations album all week just to get ready for this show. I love my Temptations. Now, 60 years as we highlight as they were signed back in 1961. So, yes, 60 years. And obviously, things didn't start off so great for the Temptations because if you look in their discography, of course, their first big hit, didn't come until nineteen sixty-four with the way you do the things you do. So what happened in that three years prior to that? Well, we got Ted Cox joining us here in just a few moments. He's gonna talk about those three years because he wrote a book literally based off of the first few years that the temptations were assigned to Motown. So he's gonna break down exactly what was going on in those few years and why we didn't, you know, hear much from the temptations during that time. We'll talk about that, kind of go through the years, all the changes all the hits, we're going to talk about it all. Now, when The Temptations signed on May 15th, 1961, the members of the group at that time was Otis Williams, Paul Williams, Eddie Kendricks, Melvin Franklin, and Eldridge Bryant. That's right, no David Ruffin yet, but by 1964, it took a few years, but the group had evolved into what became the most world-famous Classic Five, in quotes. Otis Williams, Paul Williams, Eddie Kendricks, Melvin Franklin, and of course, the one and only... Everyone knows David Ruffin Now this lineup ended up changing everything for this group. You have the way you do the things you do that came out January of 1964. You had my girl also come out in 1964 and things just elevated ever since then you had hits like get ready. Come after that. Since I lost my baby, you had ain't too proud to beg. Wish It would rain. One thing that I admire about the temptations is how many changes that they made throughout their years, and how they were still able to sustain so much success. David Ruffin no longer in the group in 1968. You bring in Dennis Edwards, who was from The Contours previously to The Temptations, and then all of a sudden they start winning Grammy Awards. You got Cloud9, got Papa Was a Rolling Stone, I Can't Get Next to You, psychedelic Shaq, I mean, hits after hits, they keep bringing hits. Unfortunately, the health of Paul Williams, who is one of the core guys, his health starts deteriorating a little bit. So he's missing tour dates. He's missing shows. He's replaced by Richard Street, who was originally with the group prior to even being signed by Motown. But in the early days, he was with the group. Then Eddie Kendricks, he leaves the group and takes a solo route. Dennis Edwards goes a solo route. And Then all of a sudden, we have a whole new core. And just Melvin Franklin and Otis Williams are the only original members then there's a reunion in the 80s that they made a reunion tour. David Ruffin, Eddie Kendricks, and Dennis Edwards all brought back. Then all of a sudden, they're inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1989. Everything comes full circle, but here we are today in 2021, and unfortunately, all we got left is Otis Williams. He is still very proud today of what the Temptations have accomplished. I really wanted to bring him on the show. I've been trying. I also was trying to get Shelly Berger, who was one of the big reasons of the Temptations' success as he was brought in around the time when the switch with Dave, from David Ruffin to Dennis Edwards, around that time, because they were trying to cross over into a more mainstream audience. So I tried to bring Shelly Berger on, tried to bring Otis on, wasn't able to make it happen. But let's go ahead. We got a fantastic author that's able to come on. He loves The Temptations. He's been listening. He's been reading up, of course, all week. Want to promote his book. So we got Ted Cox joining us right now on the Music Vibes podcast. We're talking 60 years of The Temptations. So joining us on the Music Vibes podcast, we have Ted Cox, who has a fantastic book on the Temptations, and it highlights pretty much the early days before the Temptations got their first hit in 1964 with the way to do the things you do. We got Ted Cox right now joining us on the podcast. Ted, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and start off exactly what brings you on the podcast. Talk about this fantastic book of yours. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's, uh, I guess, it's considered a
2: kids' book, but I tried not to, you know, dumb it down. Uh, I think kids can, kids can appreciate uh, what the Temptations uh, went through and what they achieved, and uh, tried to put it as straight as I could.
1: Absolutely, and as I mentioned, it highlights the early days before the Temptations even got their first hit. So the, just the Temptations. So you know, you you obviously writing this book. I imagine the Temptations own, uh, you know, a part of your heart in terms of their music so for you personally what did the temptations mean to you the first temptation song that you heard
2: oh brother um uh you know uh i was lucky enough to have a a mom who liked uh top 40 radio uh (laughs) driving around so i heard all those great 60s uh uh hits and the temps were you know they were some of the biggest ones my girl and and then leading on through Ain't Too Proud the bag oh my god so it was it was a real pleasure this, you know the, it, some some kids books are easier to do than others this was a real joy a real labor of love it felt it felt great to be able to dig in uh, it was an excuse to, at the time uh, it, it does date back to the 90s at the time to uh, buy their big cd collection emperors of soul and it was a, it was a real pleasure to dig into that
1: So that's pretty much a lot of what I do on this podcast as for my younger audience, which I'm the younger audience, but (laughs) I I I tend to know a lot about the music way before my time more than the typical 30 year old in the world. So Mm -hmm. that's a lot of what I have to do on here is I kind of have to dumb things down sometimes when it comes to some of these classic groups and bands. So how did you approach that exactly for a children, a kid's book? You know, you're talking about a band from the 1960s, which here in 2021 that's the same thing as us going back, talking about right. things that happened in the 80s. So, like, how how exactly did you approach this book?
2: Well, I mean, uh, I guess it was published in the uh, mid-late 90s, so it's it's a little old on, on its own. But, you know, I reread it last night, and it's I, I'm pretty proud of the way it stands up. Uh, and not a whole lot has been said since. We'll get to that in a second. But um, uh, uh, at the time, in the 90s, I mean, like, they were still touring. Uh, they had only just lost, I think, like, their – they're the last of the original members before otis williams he's still alive and did a broadway show about them and he's written actually the best book about about the temptations just called temptations uh but at the time uh, uh melvin franklin had just died in the mid-90s and it sort of like closed that chapter on that classic group uh, although otis has continued on with it with other members of the temptations so at the time it wasn't they weren't that far removed and I, you know I think that they're still uh, uh, I mean such a powerhouse group anybody who goes back to the '60s is going to run into them and again this um, this Broadway show that Otis Williams did has sort of um, put them back in the
1: spotlight as well. Yeah, the Ain't Too Proud to Beg musical that's still going on. Absolutely fantastic right. show. Did you write the book and publish the book? Was it after Melvin Franklin passed as well, or was it before that?
2: Just shortly after, yes.
1: Okay, yeah, I just wanted to verify that. So, yeah, Otis was the only remaining member at this mm-hmm. point from the original Temptations, as unfortunately all the others were gone by then. so in terms of, you know, legendary stature, you know, when it comes to Motown artists and groups, obviously Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, the Supremes, uh, Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder, Marvin Gaye, obviously with the Temptations, you know, obviously should be right at the top, you know, and you highlighted, you know, some of the early struggles that they faced, you know, prior to their first hit. So let's talk about that a little bit. Things did not sure. start off very well for the Temptations. In fact, I believe they were signed uh 1961. That's why we're celebrating 60 years of the mm-hmm. Temptations. So 1961, the Temptations were signed. So let's highlight that a little bit uh, in the few years that, you know, happened prior to the way you do the things you do.
2: Yeah. I guess uh, probably the best place it started is in the '50s. I mean, all, the, the crazy thing about the Temptations is that they were all born in the South, so they're really people who are part of that Great Migration, and they all wind up in Detroit in the '50s, and they're all singing doo-wop and other sorts of soul. And Paul Williams and Eddie Kendricks had a group I believe called the, the Primes, and Otis Williams and um, Melvin Franklin had another group with uh, Eldridge Bryant, who was the first one of the first lead singers and they were called the distance and they, you know, they realized that they would be better united than having these two groups and formed and they, and they originally called themselves the Elgins and were signed to Motown. But then they found out that there was another group (laughs) that was called the Elgins already. And I believe it's Otis Williams who, who's laid claim to having come up with the temptations and you can't argue with that success, but yeah, that was 61. And it was three years before they, had their big hit, their first big hit, uh, the way you do the things you do. And at that time, I mean, Motown was taken off. Uh, Smokey and the Miracles were huge. Martha and Vandellas. Uh, but the Temps just were a stumper. They couldn't really arrive on, at, a, at a sound that cast them different from the doo and brought, like, that soul music sound of the 60s. Uh, and there was a big competition At uh, Motown, all the different producers, including Barry Gordy, were coming up with songs for the Temptations. And Smokey said, uh, "I think I got it. I think I got the song for you." And they had a they had a um, one of the crazy things about Motown is that they really paid attention to uh, that that quality control to the point where I mean, like we all know um, that like a high town that that tinny uh top 40 sound from the 60s that sounded great on car radios well um they started at first i think that they they would uh from their offices they would have a low power station and they could they could play the song on this low power station and go out in the car and listen to how it would sound and i think later on they came up with something where it was like actually in the office where it would like it would mimic that that car radio sound or transistor radio sound and um uh, anyway, all these uh, producers, including Barry Gordy and Smokey, uh, they had this competition, and I believe the vote was nine to one in favor of Smokey's, with Barry Gordy voting, <laughs> Barry Gordy, voting for his own song. But that was the way you do things to do, and it really set this, the Temptations off on their way.
1: So obviously, the Temptations had a few songs that almost charted, um, you know, prior to the way you do the things you do. One of love I can see, and I think the other was Paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back and this is before David Ruffin even, you know, really came into the equation here. You know, as right. you mentioned, Eldridge Bryant was the one who was signed with the group to begin with. So, you know, why why do you think, you know, other than, you know, other than the vote, obviously the vote that, you know, kind of nicks things out. But do you think, you know, it was one more than the other reason why it took until the way you do the things you do? Um, You know, and I, what I mean by that is. You know, was it just as simple as, you know, finding the right core, the right group, adding David Ruffin um, along into the group, taking Eldridge Bryan out? Or do you think it was more of the combination of just trying to find the right song to break through?
2: Well, I think it's a little both. And a, a lot of it's got to do with that Funk Brothers uh, studio band at Motown, which gives that. I mean, um, uh, as I do write about in the book, I mean, like at first, I mean, like they were just, you know, it was whoever, you know, was in the studio with the band, um, and it might be a traveling band. Uh, I mean, they would record the stuff. And eventually, they they Gordy had worked on uh, auto assembly lines, and he thought the, he could sort of take the same approach to music production. And one of the elements of that was putting together this crack studio band, the Funk Brothers, and they're there on the way you do the things you do, for sure. And all those songs that followed it, it's just a really crisp, uh, uh, crack band, very tight, uh, oftentimes hitting a tambourine along with the drum beat to give it that extra hiss <laughs> that sounded great on the radio. And, you know, there was a real uniformity to those Motown hits. Uh, at the same time, there was a, you know, varied, uh, roster of artists who brought their own things to it. And, um, that was the, that was the nature of their success.
1: You know, other than just, obviously, their fantastic discography and catalog that goes through many years, obviously, as we're highlighting today. I think you would agree, and this is my personal opinion, one thing that sets The Temptations apart from some of the rest of the groups at Motown is the choreography. And obviously, Charlie Atkins, who was in charge of the choreography with The Temptations, has a big reason to thank for that, along with Temptations' Paul Williams. Would you agree that that is one of the things that sets The Temptations apart From some of the other groups, but for you personally, Ted, what do you think sets The Temptations apart from some of the other groups in the early days with Motown?
2: Uh, Well, first of all, I would say, you know, and uh, this is this goes back to the battle of bands. The other the other band that really um, had the same sort of like great hit songs and great choreography live was the Four Tops, and they would have battle. They would go out on tour together sometimes, and just have these great battles. And they and the Tops, you know, again. Uh, again, using Charlie Atkins, uh, fantastic choreography, but the Four Tops had one great singer, Levi Stubbs, and uh, the Temps had, well, several. Um, even though Melvin Franklin never, I never really had a lead. Uh, he was a great singer and, and, and like put his stamp on a lot of their stuff. Otis is like you know probably the one that is most in the background. He's always singing uh, good harmony parts, but then you have. In their prime, uh, David Ruffin, uh, Eddie Kendricks, and Paul Williams is really underweighted. I think he got under underrated, and um, uh, he could really carry a song. In fact, my favorite my favorite Temps song that wasn't one of their big hits is a Smokey Robinson song called um, "No More Water in the Well," which has uh, Paul Williams singing lead on it. And he has sort of like a he's got more of a growl than either Ruffin or certainly Kendricks had. And it's it's a really uh, terrific performance. He, you know he could have son more leads as well but i mean between ruffin and kendrick's alone and then dennis edwards who brought a little down home uh, approach to it uh, for the like big message songs in the late 60s early 70s i mean they had three those three are you know they could have carried any band those singers
1: that was a very good point now quick shout out to paul sexton of the bbc he came on i think it was a couple years ago we did a podcast episode on Cloud Nine, it was an album anniversary of the album Cloud Nine, and that is something that we highlighted in that, was how underrated the voice of Paul Williams really is. I thought you were gonna drop in Don't Look Back with Paul Williams on, that's where I thought you were going, but you shocked me with that one, absolutely well put. The Temptations do have multiple lead singers, and they were, you could pretty much go to any of them. I don't I don't think I remember Otis singing anything, um, but I agree, you know, Melvin Franklin, Paul, Uh, you got eddie you got david so when you look at this group's you know discography and how things you know changed once david ruffin you know the whole switch with him in 1968 as we're kind of moving along timelines here music was changing um kind of talk about if you can you know because the sound is changing i think it started actually around 66 67 when the temptation started coming out with ain't too proud to beg and i wish it would rain music was changing then so Uh, If you could highlight, you know, what the Temptations executed so well with the way music was changing then.
2: Sure, I'd love to. Uh, uh, We've talked about the Smokey stuff, Um, not only the way you do the things you do, but My Girl, of course. Um, And that and those songs, you'll have a lead, but then the Four Temptations will be singing harmony in the background. It's sort of a traditional soul doo-wop approach, and that sounded great. But then uh, Norman Whitfield, producer, comes in. He's uh, one of the writers behind uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. And his approach was, you know, both more aggressive in the studio with the band. Um, His stuff really rocks. Uh, uh, But then also he tended to uh, create moments that each singer would step out. Uh, You know, whether it was, uh, you know, Melvin Franklin providing a bass here or one of the leads singing this or that. And and in that, um, uh, it was more of an individual combining, you know, coming together with the full group rather than the full group singing its own ways. Is that, is that a, one way of putting it? It's it's a collection of of talents as opposed to just one band of of harmony singing, and um and that really worked for them. And, you know, and I think that's that's also the changes going on in the late sixties or seventies, like. We're, you know, we're getting more into the me decade. Uh, there are singer-songwriters. Uh, even in athletics, there's a more of an infl- uh, emphasis on individuals as part of a team or individual alone, like, say, Muhammad Ali or Joe Frazier. Um, they're, just, they're just capturing the, the national mood, And I think that that was in their singing as well. It's like each, son- each singer would step out for a moment, and then they would all come together for the chorus.
1: And as the music was changing for The Temptations, they made some changes within the group as well that, you know, would put them in a good position to win even moving forward. And one of those changes was, unfortunately, lead singer David Ruffin, who, you know, they've seen some differences. And obviously, we most of us know the story behind the scenes of David Ruffin and why The Temptations decided to move on. So, you, they, you know, Barry Gordy brings in Shelly Berger, who ends up, you know, taking the group to the next level and comes in and, mm-hmm. They, they pretty much wanted to, you know, reach out to a bigger audience. They felt like they really grasped the black audience and they wanted to cross over a little bit like the Beatles, you know, kind of go over to, you know, a more mainstream media. The Supremes are doing the same thing as sure. well at this time. So the Temptations exit David Ruffin, bring in Dennis Edwards. Now, of course, that brought a lot of change with the Temptations as well, but also brought their first Grammy. With Cloud yeah. Nine, so mm-hmm. you know some some changes within the group, and you know how, that was a big decision to make, you know, at that point in time. So your thoughts on that big change from David Ruffin to Dennis Edwards?
2: Sure, and uh, and risky too. In that you know the band was kind of leery about doing Cloud Nine, um, in that you know it is sort of like, you know, it's a it's a song that uses irony to undercut drugs, but I mean like in the in the sound it's <laughs> it's it's celebrating drug use. Um, and that's and that's what makes it one of their, I think, tensest and most cutting edge songs. I mean, like that song is still edgy today because it it captures the elation of that. And then and then kind of there's also a sadness there, which, you know, is, as you were saying, uh, tied up with the whole with the whole group as going forward. They, a lot of members, including Edwards, who came in, uh, had drug problems. And, you know, it's funny, I was just reading an article with um Otis Williams from a couple years ago when that Temptations Broadway show uh, uh, started up that he was behind, and he was talking about people love the Temptations, their fans love the Temptations, and the Temptations didn't love themselves enough to, you know, protect themselves and and make sure that they carried on.
1: You know, we get we get to around 1970 1971 and the problems, the health problems with Paul Williams started to deteriorate. You know, he was mm-hmm. starting to get unhealthy. Um, you had you know Eddie Kendricks. Who was pretty much starting to get ready for his solo time? Yeah, Dennis Edwards getting close to that as well. So you get Eddie Kendricks leaving the group. Uh, You got Paul Williams not able to tour with the group because of his health, and then he's pretty much exit out of the group, and they end up bringing Richard Street, who was long story was a was in the group obviously in the early early days as the Distance. Uh, Uh But lots of changes. You know, Um, that that's the one thing that really resonates with me with the Temptations is so many changes. With the lead singers, and they just were able to sustain, you know, this dominance and this success throughout so such a period of time. But looking at the seventies, we're kind of traveling through the the time periods here. But you know, you you look at a time where you lose Eddie Kendricks and Paul Williams and Dennis Edwards all in the same time frame. That's got to be rough for a group. But the Temptations still still somehow found a way to be relevant throughout the seventies.
2: They sure did. I mean, you got them. Uh 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 papa was a rolling stone which is yep. another grammy winner for them yep. and again a song that they they weren't really sure about i mean it was again a kind of a dark song and, and they certainly carried it through along with whitfield um and then um uh, uh what you're talking about is i guess you know, even in the, the 70s uh when funk hits they have a great funk hit with shaky ground yep. <laughs> you know um now they they didn't make the shift to disco. And I think that in that they share, they share that with a lot of people who were come out of the soul era who couldn't make the shift to disco. I don't know. What would you say that that pity of <laughs> or stupidity um, and they had trouble with that, but um, shortly into the early, early eighties, they had get a revival with the Motown TV special and um, ain't too proud to beg being used in the big chill soundtrack. And then they're you know, they're back popular again and, and in some cases reunited.
1: Absolutely. And speaking of being reunited, obviously the temptations all found a way to come back in the eighties with that reunion tour, bringing back David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks in the lineup along with Dennis Edwards. And then obviously eventually rightfully so inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame, 1989. So Mm -hmm. I think that is pretty much what put everything to perspective You know how big the temptations are and again that's why we're celebrating 60 years of the temptation so you know 60 years since they began you know for the younger audience which that's probably a big reason why you wrote this book you know just explaining you know what they meant to music so coming from you you know for someone that you know i may know my girl or just my imagination get ready you know the few big songs that you hear in commercials and tv shows and stuff Like Mm -hmm. I was searching online earlier today and rap group Migos literally just released a new song that samples Papa was a Rolling Stone. So like, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah, Yeah. you never know what you're going to see when you scroll timelines. Yes. So, you know, for the younger audience, just if you could, you know, their significance in music, you know, has just elevated and just gotten bigger and bigger throughout the decades. But now 60 years since they began. So just summarizing what they mean to music.
2: Sure, uh, I'm going to jump back a little bit too because I think it contributes to this question is that when you were asking about their, you know, their shift more crossover, the Supremes were really big with a white audience, and the temptations were bigger with um, the black audience, African American audience, and that's what Barry Gordy was doing. Trying, he was putting them together, for instance, at the Copa to kind of cross pollinate their their audiences and their music, and that worked out really well. Um, the temptations, I think, you know. First of all, it's just their skill, uh, their singing ability, their dancing ability. They put on a great show. So by the mid-60s, they're already established. But with that move toward more um, committed songs, socially committed songs like um, Psychedelic Shack, uh, uh, Cloud Nine, Papa with a Rolling Stone, that's where they really make the leap, I think, to greatness. And they're doing stuff that's really edgy then. And it's as edgy now as it was then, and that's why they last, and that's why they're great.
1: As The Temptations are ranked number one in Billboard magazine's most recent list of greatest R&B hip-hop artists of all time, the group also appears on the 125 greatest of all-time artists. So, I mean, The Temptations go down as one of the greatest groups of all time, five Grammy Awards, Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, we could go on for days of where The Temptations are 60 years now. 16 number one R&B chart albums, 44 top 10 chart hits, uh, 14 number one singles. I mean, it just goes on and on. So The Temptations today as we celebrate them. And once again, you know, you're, that's why the um, it's so important to have books like yours is for the younger audience. So like my kids, they love music. They're pretty much like me. They're nerds. So like they probably know a <laughs> lot about a lot of stuff about music that kids their age wouldn't know, like. I don't know how many nine and eight year olds would know that David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks were in the Temptations, but somehow my kids remember that stuff. So, like,
2: are you raising them right?
1: That's right. I'm trying. I'm doing my best <laughs> here. But your book is absolutely fantastic in that way where it kind of dumbs down to a certain respect where, you know, you got to learn about these kind of groups. And that's why it's so important to have your book. And if you could plug exactly where people can get this book, because myself, I need one as well to kind of get my kids more educated on it and learn a little bit more. But where can everyone get your fantastic book?
2: Sure. Well, it's called The Temptations by Ted Cox. It's a Chelsea house. It was a publishing house. I did a bunch of uh, kids' books for them in the 90s. And I believe you can still get it on Amazon, if not in your local Barnes & Noble. You could probably order it either place.
1: If anyone's listening right now, if you check check your local bookstore first, and I think you could try Amazon. I did, I did think I seen it on Amazon this morning. So I'm going to try Great. to get my hands on a copy. It sounds fantastic, okay. and, you know, I always love digging into the Temptations. I was very excited to bring you on to talk a little bit about it. And as, you know, I, I think you have a different what, – what What do you do exactly? I know you're still in media working, but I, I'm just curious, uh, you know, you know what What are you doing these days?
2: Well, right now, as my grandpa used to say, I'm between assignments okay. uh, because uh, my latest gig sort of uh, ended. But I, I've done um, uh, them throughout that. this time uh, through the uh, – uh, especially more hard news over the last decade or so writing for the daily herald uh-huh. DNA, DNA info Chicago here. And then, uh, I was with the one Illinois here, sort of a statewide thing. And, and now onto the next chapter, I hope that it's it works as well as the temptations. At.
1: Right. Yeah. Sorry to hear that by the way. I'm, I'm hoping I, Hey, we could use this tape right here as, you know, a potential job interview, something, uh, some collateral, uh, like, Hey, you know, I, do, I made an appearance on this podcast you know, check me out. I know a whole lot about the Temptations. Maybe uh, get you a nice little gig because you did a fantastic All right, job. Good. Let's make it happen. <laughs> That's right. You did a fantastic job. Ted Cox joining us here, talking the Temptations. Appreciate you. We'll have to do this again, but for now, everyone grab the book and learn a little bit more about the Temptations. You take care, Ted, and appreciate you for coming on. Great stuff.
0: My pleasure. Thanks again. Time Travel with DC Hendrix on the Music Vibes podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify on your mobile device. Podcasts by Federated Media.